I love grits. Hear me. Colin likes surprise lumps. Hey, this is Colin. And this is Chris. And like leftover grits in the morning for breakfast, this is Shiny Podcast. Following the light and throwing a little shade on the newest and brightest in today's gaming and technology. Are your grits getting gritty, friend? Mmm, they're so good. It's like when they're leftover, they like, they kind of... Turn into sandpaper. (laughs) No! (laughs) Gross. (laughs) <laughs> no, they they get like a little like clumpy. So it's like you have like it'll it's not this like perfectly smooth texture. It's like they're like little like lumps and it's like a surprise lump. I'm not describing this very well. We're learning a lot about Colin this morning. <laughs> Colin likes surprise lumps. That sounds horrible. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> happy monday happy devotees Mo- of the shine good lord um i do i do enjoy grits though uh i i i'm trying to change course here the away away from surprise lumps glued to the goddamn shovel you just can't stop digging i personally like mine with a little bit of cheddar cheese a little bit of butter not overboard and then a bunch of tabasco sauce that's my favorite way to have them well you are are certainly persistent friend <laughs> doubling down <laughs> on the grits i want to make the case for grits i love grits hear me <laughs> so friends we've got a relatively shorter shiny today i'm i think it might qualify as a tiny shiny in in when all is said and done we're just gonna do our best to give you the uh, updates in the tech world after the somewhat, shall we say, soul-crushing information in the last uh, episode of of the Shiny Podcast. I think this week we're going to have a little bit more fun, just because it's a slow technology news <laughs> week, and it's, how should we say, a big deal that doesn't necessarily destroy the universe as we know it this time (laughs) around. So uh, by the end of the show, you'll have some insight into something you might have heard of called the GPP or the GeForce Partnership Program, something that NVIDIA, makers of graphics cards and other GPU-enabled devices such as the Nintendo Switch. Did you know that? Yes. The uh, program that NVIDIA has rolled out is taking advantage of some market conditions, and many are very upset about it. Yes. But we'll cover that at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes, we will. But First, some follow-up. Four publishers must change their in-game loot boxes uh, according to the Dutch government and gambling laws. They have found that uh, they are not good for people. <laughs> uh, we covered this a little bit, uh, t- I think, uh, towards the beginning of, of the run of Shiny Podcast. We were talking about Skinner boxes in our episode, Winner, Winner, Chicken Skinner. And yes, quite. 
And so we, we were talking about how these loot box systems really prey on that reward, random uh, reward uh, system and, and how it's quite insidious and really uh, plays on the chemicals in your brain and is really not good for you and creates, I mean, it's, it's just like gambling. Uh, and so the uh, Netherlands have determined that uh, these four, at least these four major uh, companies must take those loot box systems out. Um, they are FIFA 18, Dota 2, uh, PUBG, or Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and Rocket League. Uh, six other games that they studied um, um, were found to not be violating the law. Basically, what they said was that if if these items that you are you know, these loot boxes have a market value, then that's, that was really the tipping point for, Hey, you got, you have to get them. You have to get them out of the games. If you can convert this into some sort of real world value. Correct. Then... Can, can it be one and then trade it outside of the game? Then it has market value. And thus becomes, uh, enters into the world of gambling. Yeah, exactly. So see, that's, that's sensible. This feels yeah, reasonable to yeah, me. Yes. I'm, uh, so they have until June 20th to make those changes. Uh, I hope that other companies are forced to do the same. Looking at you, EA. Uh, although <laughs> uh, they've said they've learned their lesson, I don't believe them. The proof will be in the pudding <laughs> for for those folks. But um, yeah, if they ever get to make a Star Wars game right? again, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I hope Disney is shopping around for a new uh, developer for that franchise. One can hope, but it's nice to see a uh, government in the world uh, taking this situation head on and trying to protect consumers in the process. Something that I've been following for a while in the background is the rollout of the next big instant messaging platform built into the phones of the world and supported by the carriers, a replacement for SMS and MMS, you know, that lowest common denominator ver <laughs> version of messaging that I loathe yes. so very much. O old, slow, and just... Ugh. Cumbersome. Cumbersome, yes. I was going to say, maybe janky is not the right word, but um, yeah. Well, it is a, a hacked mess. I mean, you should never yeah. assume that like, anything you send on over an SMS is a secure communication. Oh, not at all. Yeah, it's totally way, up to the carrier. Form. So in the background, Google's been coordinating and working with all of the major carriers and phone telco companies to create and roll out this new standard of messaging called RCS. Modeled somewhat after the success of iMessage, the idea of there being a ubiquitous messaging format that uses data instead of the SMS <laughs> format, which by the way, unless they've, you know, your, your, your carrier or company has specifically created a version to do this, SMS messages are not really transmitted over data. They're actually transmitted over the old, like, you know, cellular connection. So just, yep. a, just an FYI for you. This would replace all of that with a common data uh, format uh, that would be across all major mobile operating systems, iOS and Android. At least that's the dream. Yeah, I think it's called Rich Communication Services or RCS is going to be the, the, I think, the name of the new 
the new standard, a universal profile. It's something meant to give you many of the benefits that people who use iMessage actually currently enjoy. It is something that will, uh, on launch day, give you things like read receipts, uh, typing indicators, uh, you know, uh, good support for images and video, uh, group chats. It's, um, you know, you might be saying right now, well, you know, I get all of that in SMS. And the answer to that is, is yes, but it sucks. And <laughs> it is almost always billed as a separate feature for something that like, you know, I mean, you're, do you think your phone might be powerful enough to send a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of messages over, over your data that, you know, our text, I think it might be, I think it might be, I think it makes a little bit more sense. And so this is going to be a big deal, even though it's not necessarily a glamorous technology, uh, whenever something that could, that replaces such a core facet of the way we communicate, uh, comes around, we should pay attention to it. So stay tuned and, you know, watch for RCS rolling out to a phone near you because Absolutely. oh sorry <laughs> oh no go ahead uh because at the end of the day <laughs> this is also an indication that google is pretty much throwing in the towel and having their own proprietary android yeah that's uh, what i was about to say yeah. <laughs> system yeah. that does this as honestly it probably should be after about four thousand messengers out of the my google goodness guys. yeah and and a decade of just really not succeeding at all so the, the article that that will be in the show notes is is pr primarily about I mean that the the core of the story is about RCS being rolled out hopefully in the future but it's also about Google yeah throwing in the towel on their messaging platform Allo and just a kind of a, a history of of really poor <laughs> marketing and management for their sort of messaging brands, whether it be Google Hangouts or um, or Allo. Let's just take a moment and review some of the uh, messenger and communication platforms that Google's rolled out over the last you know ten to fifteen years. <laughs> Remember Google, was, uh, Google Talk? Yes, in two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps Google Wave. Do you remember that one? I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nobody does. Yeah. Of course, Google Plus had Huddle and Hangouts video chat, and Hangouts went off into its own thing until it was eventually turned into something that was only available for Project Fi, and now it's and a, a business-only yeah. product that is meant to rival Slack. Uh, then there was uh, Google Messenger, which is just an SMS client. Then, of course, there's Allo, which is a, a data-driven messenger app, and Duo, the broken-out video functionality that should just be in fucking aloe in the first place what a mess <laughs> god i remember if, if anyone who's listening uh w was listening to us in our, our gpu uh the the kind of uh uh earlier iteration of of what we're doing now <laughs> um might remember that we uh tried to do some um some messaging app research and and I think Allo may have been early in in that research and very quickly determined that it was just absolute hot garbage and we wanted nothing to do with it. And it was so dumb at the time because it was at that – for whatever reason, Google thought it was a great idea to build Google Assistant into Allo. And like that was before it had kind of rolled out on on Android devices like with 6.0 six and higher. Yeah, right. 
Uh, like so your, the your unfleshed out assistant on your absolute awful messaging platform. <laughs> yeah, it was just a hot mess. <laughs> it's just a hot mess. So further evidence that, you know, Google just totally botched this. And it's a good thing that there's going to be a common format because yeah. it, it, there's no hope. Googs, give it up. You know, follow up to the bombshell that our Colin Moon won a beautiful Ryzen processor mm-hmm. at PAX East 2018. This week, the second generation Ryzen CPU uh, is they, here. They CPU look za. They look great. <laughs> they do indeed. <laughs> oh, man. I'm very happy with the one that I have because, you know, I got it for the price of on the house. But, uh, oh, absolutely. These second gen ones look pretty cool, too. So, so I saw a piece of information in here that I thought was unreal that a I think it was a 2800X, I believe, one of the new Ryzen 7s mm-hmm. was successfully overclocked and stable at 6 gigahertz. Yeah, which is nuts. That is nuts. My uh, current CPU, a 4690K, is clocked at about 3.5 gigahertz mm-hmm. across four cores as opposed to, you know, eight cores and 16 threads. Right. <laughs> so it, from what I've read here, it's uh, the second generation is just, you know, slightly tweaked uh, version of, of their first generation. It does run on a, uh, a 12 um, um, NM uh, uh sorry, architecture as opposed as opposed to 14. So the idea is that that's nanometers for you playing along at home. Yes. Um, And um, lost my train of thought there. Oh, that uh, with it, you know, if it's a shorter or smaller chip, uh, shorter distances that data have to travel and therefore would be faster. That stands to reason. <laughs> that make that does make sense. That and does the, make and sense. the test the testing seems to 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 support that they are in fact, especially with three uh, D rendering um, and and uh, uh, kind of professional apps that especially the Ryzen 5 2600X just blew the Intel chips away. Um, yeah, like a full minute and thirty two seconds faster that than, is uh, awesome. than an Intel i five eighty six. 100k that is awesome that is awesome well good for amd i wanted to sort of like put a little uh, uh, tag at the end of this the you know it's amazing to see competition it's amazing to see a a new architecture uh iterating so well and getting better and and remaining competitive um i want everybody who is you know uh in possibly thinking the about getting a laptop anytime in the next year to go ahead and search around for Ryzen laptops and you're going to be super disappointed. Yeah. It really sucks actually. So while this is, you know, awesome to see that, you know, AMD is putting forth a a a, a great platform, I wonder when the tide will turn and more manufacturers will start putting Ryzen chips into, shall we say, more pre-built options. Because I would love to buy like an uh, 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 some kind of Ultrabook that's totally AMD all the way through. But they're few and far between. There's a couple of them. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, not as like many as said, I'd like. Right. And I, I imagine 
uh, that they're probably maybe a little bit more. I mean, I haven't looked at the pricing, but maybe they're a little bit more expensive because there are so few, or maybe they don't have all the features that you might want. You know, if it had, you know, your your Intel Intel CPU in it. Yeah, I think I think it's very limited. I think the pricing is really geared toward I think manufacturers just often use AMD as a lower tier option. Yeah, so it's not for enthusiasts. It's right, uh, and so it's yeah. difficult to find a full fledged Ryzen anything. There's like I said, there's a couple. I think HP makes one, and there's a new Inspiron from Dell that's coming out with it, but they're not getting the fanfare. So. I would like to see some action in that realm. And given how much AMD is spending on advertising these days, maybe they can get some hype up. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I'm an ideas guy. I'd like to buy a (laughs) Ryzen laptop. Call me crazy. No, I would too, man. Uh, I don't. uh, Well, I I certainly hope that with the success of these second gen uh, CPUs that that AMD is going to finally get some some more hold in that market. Here's hoping. Okay, so now we should cover the big elephant in the gaming room. Boo! Now that is not an insult to some of our listeners who may be on the larger side of the belt line. That's okay. We love you. I'm with you. We're all there, bud. What we're talking about is the GeForce Partnership Program. It is a program... The It certainly smells like pee pee in here. From a cat, no less. Oh no, not my, not my, not my room. This, this whole situation. It's an old joke, old shiny podcast joke, right there. Okay, so. What the hell is this program do and why are people freaking out about it, Colin? So what NVIDIA uh, put, put together here uh, was, um, let's see, where should I where should I start here? Just trying to, um, we'll edit this out, please. Sure. Get my thoughts together. So um, the, the GeForce Partner Program, or GPP, uh, according to NVIDIA, is designed to ensure that gamers have full transparency into the GPU platform and software that they're being sold and can confidently select products that carry the NVIDIA GeForce promise. And so what what they're essentially saying is if you want all of the support and features and marketing and um, rebates and that sort of thing, um, you know, marketing incentives, uh, you should make your product align exclusively with the GeForce NVIDIA brand. Now, you don't have to buy into this, but if you do, we've got some incentives here if you want to do that. And that's basically what 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 they're saying and, and the program that they put put in place here. So NVIDIA is telling, talking, messaging to the people who buy chips from them yes. to turn around and make products like video cards for us. Correct. So they're saying to maybe a company like Asus, um, hey, if you want all of those benefits that, that, that we talked about here, um, you should brand your Asus GPU exclusively with the NVIDIA GeForce brand. 
So what that effectively means, and and so like uh, Asus, if I'm not mistaken, they make the ROG uh, Strix yes. series. Yeah, Republic of, of Gamers ROG. Gaming yeah. gear, you know, like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff, but primarily graphics cards and maybe some uh, laptops that, you know, also carry the branding, right? Yep. It is a known quantity and a known brand in the gaming world. And NVIDIA is saying you cannot make an NVIDIA product under a brand that you share with any other manufacturer. Correct. I.e., if you make AMD ROG branded devices, you can't do that and get the expected support or any of the tangible benefits that this program offers people uh, at all. You're not entitled to that and you're not allowed to do it. We will certainly still sell you chips. Of course, remember how the market at the moment is somewhat dominated and obliterated by people buying graphics cards in bulk, (laughs) thus driving up the demand to insane levels and prices that follow suit. So at a time when these companies are incredibly pinched by supply and demand and trying to capitalize on what may or may not be a massive bubble at the same time not alienating their core their 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 you know their core market Nvidia is coming along and saying hey uh we just think this is a great time for uh you to 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 just sell our stuff or not just I mean you can sell other stuff you just can't use any of the branding that you've spent your entire lives making at all and this is coming from a company that already owns 70, approximately 70% of the market and have really have no true high-end competition <laughs> in, in, this, in this arena. And, and I mean, I think AMD is, is up and coming and, and you know, hope maybe that would have changed. But this is, I mean, this is clearly <laughs> anti-competitive, antitrust tactics. I feel like sometimes we might come off as AMD fanboys because, you know, A, everybody loves an underdog story and 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 B, we we do sort of like get excited when when their new stuff comes out. I get excited when anything new comes out. But the fact of the matter is because of that market share discrepancy and because of the the these like I mean AMD just doesn't typically engage in draconian tactics like this you know and in fact their response to this was you know of course they're beating the drum of freedom and choice and 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 you know talking about their their uh their open source merits their you know efforts with the AMD GPU drivers on on and on Linux and uh the uh, their FreeSync technology which is comparable to Nvidia's proprietary closed source G-Sync technology Mm -hmm. that allows you to align the output of your CPU with the frame rate of your screen. They, of course, give it away for free so that, you know, anybody can use it with an AMD card. But still, it's... (laughs) It's, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to like kind of, you know, go the opposite direction with their response to this. I think time will tell. Do you, what do you think, man? I mean, like, where does this put, where does this, like, how does this actually affect the market? What do you think happens? Right. So the, the, the article that we're referencing has a really great example. And it's, it's, it's interesting because this article, article was dropped on March 8th and 
uh, we also have another article um, from a week ago um, that uh, really demonstrates exactly what 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 this is going to do. So, you know, we, we talked about that kind of exclusive branding. And let's say, for example, uh, Asus wanted to, you know, decided to be a GPP partner. And um, instead of having the ROG branded video cards and computers and whatnot for both AMD and NVIDIA, that ROG branding would be for would be for NVIDIA products only, and they would create a separate brand for Radeon AMD products. Those branding, I, I feel like, is handled very different from the companies that make them to the consumers that buy them. Branding is the lifeline of, of, of these products, and by separating the two and giving exclusive rights of branding to one company over the other, you are you are effectively cutting off the the market and and customers from a company. They're saying, AMD, we're not going to provide, we're not going to market this premium brand for your products. We're only going to market it for NVIDIA products. And that's, I mean, that, that, the translation from that into dollar and cents is, is massive. Um, It's not a small thing. And to, to, in the uh, sort of defense of the manufacturers who are in the middle of this whole thing, the companies that, that have rebranded and launched uh, AMD based products. I mean, I, I can't say that they look bad. You know, like you, you're talking about uh, Asus a lot. They have changed their AMD lineup to something called Ares yes. branding. And I mean, this, you know, these package, this packaging looks, you know, like they paid as much attention to it as they did any other thing that they're selling. You know, I mean, like there's no, um, I don't want to just sort of like write off efforts from these companies out of the gate, but there's no question. I agree completely that like, if you walk into any old Best Buy and see somebody in the aisle, you know, who's looking at a gaming machine, I mean, are they going to recognize, you know, ROG or are they going to recognize Arids? Exactly. Or, I said that, that backwards, but are they going to recognize Arids or are they going to recognize ROG? They're exactly. going to recognize ROG. Right. Exactly. That's that's where yeah, that that's what I meant. Um, it, it, that that brand recognition. That's the the term I should have been using there. <laughs> that brand recognition is very different for those two products. And so that I think is going to have a, a pretty big effect. And and it, it turns out that the, yeah, these these changes are happening. And it's not just it's it's not just ASUS. It's it's Gigabyte. It's um, uh, MSI. There are a couple of companies that are saying you know no way to this whole program. Like uh, Dell and HP have said you know we're, yeah. we're not participating. Um, so and it, that will be fascinating to me actually dell in particular i think is in a very interesting position as as a you know a, a linux user because they have been the major company that puts forth a really compelling corporate supported uh you know developer focused high end linux laptop uh on some of their models they they you know they offer a lot of nvidia options on some of their larger models in the professionals in the precision line 
I am very interested to see how that is going to affect driver support in Dell machines. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And this, um, I, I also just just from a, I guess a, a historical standpoint. So Intel uh, tried to do something quite quite similar to this um, in in the early two thousands, uh, early to mid two thousands. Right. Um, so they uh, they were uh, sued and 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 fined by the FT, FTC um, as well as um, as sorry uh, European. Um, uh, the European Commission uh, fined Intel as well, so they got <laughs> they got hit on both sides. And what they were accused of was granting rebates to major computer companies um, like Acer, Dell, HP. Um, uh, on the you know uh, they gave rebates on the condition that they purchased all of their supplies from Intel, or right. they would make payments to manufacturers in exchange for postponing or putting restrictions on um, AMD products, and. Right. Um, uh, and, and they were they were hit for that, and so this this seems pretty similar. Uh, I feel like I don't know. I feel like Nvidia has found kind of a loophole here, where they're saying like, you don't have to do this, <laughs> but it's in your best interest to do so. But we're going to make it actively difficult for you to to right. make money and provide accurate, you know, uh, uh, good support for, for our products. Seventy percent market share of these products that you want. <laughs> right. So. It it just um and and, and you know, know and once again like I just I just want to like you know we are hitting Nvidia hard because this is a shitty thing to do. I am currently speaking to you all over with a machine with two Nvidia graphics yes, cards. Yes, I, like, I I have a GTX 1060. So I mean I I own a Nvidia product and they it it fixed a problem that my AMD card couldn't couldn't handle and you know i i appreciate that but as a consumer just just pretend i'm not reporting on anything and you know not from a journalistic point of view as a consumer this stinks <laughs> you know it does it's just and it and it and it's so opportune it's seizing a particular moment in history i it just it it stinks to high heaven you know it's it's a bad scene and i'm i'm you know I'm hoping, I'm hoping that because of, well, because of the backlash in the community and watching some companies that, that, you know, are not particularly happy at this, not playing ball, it might not be the slam dunk that NVIDIA wants it to be. And it might not work the way NVIDIA wants it to, especially if AMD keeps bringing compelling product to the table. And especially with the, big bombshell in a couple of months when intel releases their gaming gpu lineup which is coming and that's in partnership with amd correct my understanding is that that's actually a separate a separate oh, thing okay. so intel is is they're 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 out now like some of the new uh, skull canyon nux um those really small awesome for, like tiny form factor computers yeah some of those uh, and other products as well are shipping with this sort of hybrid Intel AMD on the same fab chip, where it's an Intel processor, but uh, but a but a, a you know a Radeon graphics chip built into the same silicon. Like it's they're they're pretty cool. That is a thing that is out now. Separately from that, you know, Intel is is 
planning on launching their own lineup of, you know, PCI X, you know, 16 graphics cards, like dedicated discrete graphics cards based on their own architecture, ostensibly. So um, that is going to, I mean, I I can't imagine that's going to hurt (laughs) consumer (laughs) choice, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they're compelling products, but um, so there, there, you know, there, there's, a, there are some escape hatches and, and, you know, pads off this trail in the future, but 70% of the market is compelling, hard to, hard to shake your fist at that. You know, that yep. is a monster for sure. Hey, Colin. Hey, Chris. I have a humble request for you to consider. Okay. Would you change your Twitter handle? It is so hard to say. Kali Ali? Kali Ali 11? Kali Ali 11. Kali Ali 11. Sir, are you having a stroke? Kali <laughs> 11. Are you drunk? Are you drunk, sir? Are you drunk? It's early today. Far too early for us. I will consider it. Take it into consideration. No judgments. I just, you know. You know, it's just hard to say. <laughs> hard to spell. Hard to spell. Oh, come on. C O L L I E O L L I E E L L E V I U What? What about a bing bang? Okay, that's the end of the show. I hope you have enjoyed a splattering of tech news this week. <laughs> a little, a little, a little, a couple of noodles on the wall for you. <laughs> Hope you're hungry. See um, what's next. <laughs> and you can uh, hit us up uh, at KaliOli11. <laughs> and Chris at Flexola. That's on Twitter, friends. <laughs> That's on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook or website, shinypodcast.com. And uh, if you'd like to email us, it's hello at shinypodcast.com. Also, if you would be so kind, we would love some reviews, especially on iTunes. Uh, that goes a long way to grabbing some more ears, and uh, uh, we would certainly appreciate it. And even if you choose not to leave a review, despite the overwhelming passion for this podcast just emanating from your fingertips and lips, um, understand that, you know, we got you covered. We, we got it. We got your back. And you can find us on every major podcast network or application out there. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Ta-ta. Love you all. Bye.